This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Join Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. This is iFanboy Booksplode, Green Lantern, Earth One, Volume One. Fanboy Booksplode. We're talking about Green Lantern, Earth One, Volume One. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I am here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And this is Booksplode, the iFanboy review show that the patrons unlocked, where every other month, Josh and I, or some combination thereof, look at a collected <laughs> edition, a, a graphic novel, a original graphic novel, a trade paperback, however you want to call it, some long-form comic we don't normally have time to talk about on the regular show. So thanks to the patrons for unlocking that. We like these shows. I agree with you. I think that's exactly what that is, and that also we like them. This month, we're talking about, as I said, Green Lantern Earth One, Volume One, the latest in DC's Earth One line. And this one is written by Karina Becko and Gabriel Harbin, with art by Gabriel Harbin, colors Jordan Boyd. They're the team that does um, Invincible Republic, right? Jordan Boyd does the colors on that? Invisible Republic. Invisible Republic. Yes. Big fans of Gabriel Harbin's work. Him and Karina Betko write great stories together. We like Invisible Republic a lot. So I was excited to hear about this when it was first announced because reimagining Green Lantern seems right up Gabe and Karina's wheelhouse. You know, I didn't think it did until I read it. And then I thought, oh, okay, I, I see this. I completely see this. 
it's very science fictiony. Yeah, but there's also like a social component to it and a uh anyway, we'll get to that. So the Earth One line from DC was started oh geez, it was like eight years ago, something like that. Yeah, I have no I have no frame of reference for that at this have point. Have you read any of them? Uh I know I read the first one. Wow, so. I guessed eight and it was eight. It came out the first one came out in two thousand ten. Was the first one Superman? Superman, Earth One, J. Michael Krasinski, and Shane Davis. I did read that. They've done three volumes of that, apparently. I'm, I may... And did Straczynski write all of those? Yes. And I'm, I may have read Batman. Batman Earth one, 1 came Jeff out in 2012. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, they did two volumes of that. Volume 2 came out in 2015. Uh, they did a Teen Titans Earth 1 in 2014, which I did not read. They did a Wonder Woman Earth 1, Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette. I should say uh, that... Adam t- Hughes was doing that. That's a joke. The Teen Titans one was written by Jeff Lemire and art by Terry Dodson. And then Green Lantern Earth One came out this month, and they've announced Aquaman Earth One by Francis Manipal. We'll see if that ever comes out. So this is almost like their long form Elseworlds. Yeah, I mean it's sort of their prestige. I mean all the, all these books feature prestige creators. The whole point is to retell the or origins or early adventures of these characters, free of continuity. Of course, it's DC, so. It's on Earth One. It's an official Earth, mm-hmm. as we saw in that multiversity handbook. But it's continuity free. This is the same world as the other books, then. I mean, I guess, but it doesn't really seem like it. So I don't really worry about it. But I mean, technically speaking, yeah. But like, I would be hard pressed to say this book takes place in the same world where there's a Superman. Yeah, because it seems like a lot of a lot of bad stuff went down. This is a retelling of. Green Lantern, Hal Jordan's origin. And what's interesting about this one is it might be the most, and again, I haven't read Teen Titans Earth 1, but I have read Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. And it would, this seems to be the most true to the premise in that it feels like a real reinvention. Whereas Superman is basically the same other than a few cosmetic changes. Batman is basically the same other than a few cosmetic changes. Wonder Woman is basically the same. This feels like a true let's reimagine if we made Green Lantern today for the first time, how would, would this look and feel and work? And I mean, you know, Hal Jordan, spoiler warning, says, Hal Jordan was originally in the Silver Age, a Chuck Yeager S test pilot who came across Abensur and found the ring and trained on Oa and became a Green Lantern. This is, again, the only, the constant through this all, Josh, is that Hal Jordan down and out, down and out in, in his job. He once was a NASA astronaut, but he is now a deep space miner who was, searching asteroids for uh, big deposits of ore for the Ferris Galactic Company. And here stumbles on a ship on an asteroid that turns out to be Avancer's ship with a disabled Manhunter robot and a dead Avancer. And he finds the ring, but it does not unfold from there in a way that's all that familiar to Green Lantern readers, I don't think. It's very different. Well, I mean, there was no Volkov, for example. (laughs) And the hapless Russian uh, thief, sort of. <laughs> but here, this, I mean, the Green Lantern Corps is more of a myth. They're, they're a broken regime. They are not patrolling the galaxy. The rings that are out there are barely powered because they, the, the main battery in Oa is thought to be destroyed. And there isn't, like, a support system. He meets Kilowog, but Kilowog isn't the all-knowing Green Lantern trainer. He himself knows nothing about the Green Lanterns either. I liked that aspect. The Green Lanterns were as broken as Hal was in the beginning. And the Manhunter. Yeah. What I think is interesting about it is that while those things are different, it really does still follow 
very main broad points of it. It, it, it took what Green Lantern was and it made it into something new, but not unfamiliar. Sure, it has the elements. Except still. the thing that I, I think that I really liked is that the, I, I think in this the real big twist isn't so much the timeline of Oa. It's that the ring didn't choose anyone. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that he happened to find the ring. In fact, he didn't find the ring and he didn't take the ring. It's he ended up with it. It was a mistake. He just happened to get it. Same thing with all the other people, which is the real big diversion from the Greenlander thing is that you are chosen for your yeah. great willpower or if you expand that, your greed or your whatever else there is. This is just random. We could be following Volkov here. Which is a really interesting sort of approach of a worldview, I think. It, that, and I think that's the big dramatic choice of this because you know Hal Jordan's Hal Jordan you recognize that character yeah he wasn't being written unlike the person we knew he his morals and his ideals are sometimes a little too much for everybody around him and he has a beard Josh well it's that's more that's more like neglect <laughs> well I don't know by the end he's got like a fully manicured like the last panel he's got like a nice full beard and also there isn't really like a Green Lantern suit it's just sort of puts the logo on whatever clothes you happen to be wearing at the time mm-hmm. So he was wearing his spacesuit, so it kind of looks like he has a uniform, but not really. And it's also white and black instead of green. I really like the story. You know, that there's they haven't planned a volume two. Karina and Gabe have said publicly that they would love to do another one if DC would ask mm-hmm. me, asks. This one feels crying out for a second volume. Oh sure, and I, and I hope that the the readers justify that. I guess I'm giving away my my feelings a little bit, <laughs> but I mean, the fact is. I didn't know what to think of this. I'd known about this for a while, and I thought that's could be really cool, but I didn't really know what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm thinking about it, Gabe and Karina have done a lot of stories, and I can't think of a long-form superhero story they've ever done before. Together? Yeah. Yeah. Or they one t- that Gabe wrote, or or she, I know she wrote some superheroes. They tend to do like sci-fi, yeah. licensed books, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. They did their public. own book. Yeah. Crime stuff. I didn't know what it was going to be, and whenever that's a thing, even if you have ultimate faith in the creators, which I do, you don't know if it's going to be a fit. Right. And what I found as I was reading it was that it flowed really nicely, and I was going along with it, and I was like, that was good. And it was, you know, I read the whole thing in one sitting. I was sleepy at the time, but I wanted to make sure I finished it. I'm always sleepy. That's not like a thing. You're like the Hulk. You're like you're sleepy Hulk. Yeah. At the end, I was like, yeah, I want. I I, I do want to read more of this. And and there was lots to think about. Not only just in comparing and contrasting, which is sort of an easy thing to do, but the way this little world was built up and how they've shifted it and what they're trying to say about Green Lantern, basically. And I I found it really interesting. And and I think I think the thing about Gabe's art is that you know a Anybody who listens to the show probably knows about this. I've certainly talked to them about it. He's a storyboard artist. And so the art tends to flow really smoothly. Like I didn't find myself pouring over it because the storytelling works so well that I was just reading the thing, you know, and then sort of only when I'd stop to slow down, I'd look at it and go, that looks really good. Like I like, I like (laughs) that. Like it. Oh, there's a couple of really great pages and panels. Sure. No, it totally. But I'm just like, it just read really well. I, I just found myself sort of breezing through it and really enjoying it the way that you're supposed to. I mean, that's, the, I think, the function of a comic book. There was only one sequence that I, was, I had to go back at uh, that was where they used the power battery, the, the main one in O, which turns out is not destroyed, mm-hmm. to defeat temporarily, drive back the Manhunters. But, so they were going to blow it up and kill everybody on the planet, including the Manhunters, and they decided not to do that. And they, they're going to do it using physics. 
mm-hmm. and then it cuts to them doing something. They don't explain what the thing is they're doing, and it kind of looks like the original plan to begin with, and, but it's not the original plan because not everybody died. I respected the idea they didn't explain it, mm-hmm. but also I was like, wait, what did they do? They just blew up part of the planet? <laughs> I just had to go back and reread those two pages, which was not hard because there was no dialogue. Right. That was the only part where I was a little tripped up on what, what exactly had happened, but that wasn't a big deal. I just, I think overall, and, and I always appreciate this, is that I can be familiar with all the elements. Oh, that's a guardian. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect. I can be, you know, I can say, oh, that's Kilowog, but I don't know what to expect. And I don't know where that's going to go. You know, there was that one, I don't know what the equivalent is, but that one little furry dude who like had the ring, but was acting like it belonged to his partner. Yeah. And then after they left, he sort of was like, I do have the ring. I just didn't know. It's it was like an original story. Like I yeah. I didn't I didn't know where it was going, and so it kept me curious and interested. And in so much of Green Lantern stories, that's not the case, or any you know sort of mainstream superheroes, that's not the case because you know, Earth One Superman, you know that for the most part Superman's going to be like this. Lex Luthor's Lex Luthor's going to show up. He's going to be like this. Jimmy Olsen's going to be like this. That's what I didn't know. Yeah, but at the same time, it didn't feel unfamiliar. It's a really nice tight tight rope. I thought. One of my favorite things about this was the completely casual way they introduced Sinestro. Yeah, you're right. He's the Joker. He's Lex Luthor. He's Hell's Big Bad, and here he's just kind of like, oh, there he is on the side. He's just one of those guys. And you even you even don't you didn't hit it for you like, yeah, it looks like Sinestro. I think that's Sinestro. And then they never even they never say his name. It's not like there's not like a big reveal that Sinestro's there. It's just he's just in the crowd and he has a couple lines, and you're like, oh right, Sinestro. Yeah, I liked that. For me, you know, it's a first volume, so there's a lot of setting up the world and the characters. So, as often happens in these things, we get to the end where Hal is... He's not an established Green Lantern, because as you said, the Green Lanterns are kind of a ragtag operation. But he's more confident in who, in who he is. He's more of the established guy. He's got a, he's got a kick-ass beard. I want to now go forward with this guy and see what's up. What is he going to get into? What is the world? Because we haven't really spent any time on Earth. We spent only the yeah, very right. end on Earth. So, what is Earth like? Because it seems really interesting. Right. We basically see some flashbacks where NASA gets privatized and turns into a mining colony. And then, but I guess at one point they used NASA to shoot missiles at their enemies. So that's all really interesting. What does that all mean? There's that big billboard two pages from the end, which is Colonel Jask, a future without fear. <laughs> I, I want to know that. What's that about? Yeah. So like, I don't see how this could possibly be in the same world as the other books, you know? So that's what's, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Not important. You got you got Gant that's got that weird box around him. How's he gonna get that off? I was so taken with the idea of the Green Lanterns as a diametric opposite of what they're normally. Normally they are the guardians of peace in the galaxy and they are the ones who've been around for millennia and they you know, when they show up it means something. Here it's like a bunch of ragtag guys, no one's heard of them, the rings barely work, they don't have uniforms. There was a line where somebody was describing what the Green Lanterns used to be and, and they were like adding order to everything what does that sound like to you fascism that's a great line yeah and you know that's the kind of thing like i would expect that after reading invisible republic and even the planet of the apes books they did there could have been an ape lantern should have been really i mean really that's a disservice to everyone that they didn't do an ape lantern because he draws good apes you know but then at the same time there were really great sequences of you know fighting manhunters yeah no man escapes them I mean, I just really loved this. I really did. I, like you, I sat down and read it in one go. I put it down to go to the bathroom at one point, but that doesn't count. 
None of us needed that information. Connor. I'm just saying it wasn't like I didn't like you know I did put it down for a second. You can't lie. This is, I'm looking at that page where Hal first has the ring and he destroys the Green Lantern in that space and he like this is a one page shot where he punches like he's hitting him with the ring and he just explodes. It's just a beautiful. There's a couple of really beautiful pages in here. Mm-hmm. It, well, it's cool too because you've got that. Um, I mean, Boyd has been coloring Gabe now for quite a long time. Yeah, and you know they just they make it work and it like it just looks like it's supposed to and there's a real you know like just a really good team on all three sides there yeah that is a really good page i just got to it it's just very visceral this is a cool side i mean sal jordan is you know he came from the silver age silver age was sci-fi infused and this feels very much like a sci-fi version of of green lantern Mm -hmm. it feels very much like that and i know again we keep mentioning it but the the invisible republic is a sci-fi book so it feels that way but it feels like a sci-fi story more than a superhero story. Hard sci-fi. Isn't yeah. that that's hard sci-fi, right? Hard that's, sci-fi. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, let me ask you this, is there anything you didn't like? Yeah, like like I said, I I tripped up a little bit over that one sequence. Mm-hmm. If anything, like I said, I really want to know what happens next because I you know, they did it did take a long time to get to the to the meat, sort of the meat. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of setup in the beginning, which I get. It has to happen that way. I think if I had anything it was a little bit you got this Volkov guy who plays a pretty major part, but I don't really know who he is, and then he's dead. So it felt like, why is that guy there? Was it to show just that Hal wouldn't have taken the ring on his own in the first place? Maybe that's it. I guess that's, I mean, that's somewhat pretty important if that's the the whole idea is that it's not about finding, the, it's, mm-hmm. it's about whoever's lucky or dumb enough to find it. Yeah, there's a little of that. And that might be the case. I, I mean, and it, it, this, isn't a, this isn't really a criticism, but it, it's... It's a stylistic thing that I, I wonder if it gets appreciated enough is that it's it's pretty subtle. Like the, as a the book, it, well, them in general yeah. as a storytelling team, like they do explain things. It's clear. You know what's going on or whatever. But there's very little of that superhero moment mm-hmm. or, you know, that that explanation. It's pretty subtle. And, and I'm wondering if you're not into this, if it's going to be exciting enough for you. Uh like if you don't come to it with, oh, I can't wait to read these people do this thing, which you and I do show up with, so it's not a problem. But like, is this enough to get people excited? And I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's more of a sci-fi drama than is a superhero action story. I mean, there's a lot of action in it, but mm-hmm. it's not your typical. It's all couched in, it's in space. It's grimy. How can barely get this thing to work right. There's only the barest hint that these, that these rings can make constructs. It's mostly about blasting things with it, like the cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's a very different kind of superhero story. Yeah. But as we said in the beginning, it's because Gabe and Karina make different kind of... They don't do traditional superhero stories. Yeah. And if you're going to do this kind of thing, that's what you should be doing, I think. I agree. As much as I love... I love the, the John's Frank Batman ones, but those feel very familiar. I really like the format, like a, an awful lot. I don't read, I don't sit down and read graphic novels that much anymore. So sort of like sit in a thing and let it. Six times a year. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. (laughs) It was a really fun sort of way to, even though like I was like, I had one, like one hour I could find. I was like, I got to read this book right now. And then I immediately went to sleep. (laughs) But I was glad I did. It didn't feel like a chore at all, which it shouldn't. That's not, that's not good. You don't want to put that on a cover. No, I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't know. Yeah, there, I know. There are definitely a lot of books to read that are chores to get through. This, isn't, this mm-hmm. wasn't one of them. 
there can be a lot of dialogue. I'm opening up a page here where, where they're at the house of that furry mm-hmm. alien Mob Gira. There's, there's a I lot of dialogue felt, balloons, but it never felt like that. No, I never noticed it. You only the, too much dialogue is only a problem when you notice it. Okay, if I have one super minor criticism, that would be, and this is just a, a me thing. Like uh, in hard sci-fi, you get a lot of really hard to pronounce names in that locations. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of that here, but that's just it's, that's also the fun part. Yeah, I like this a lot. It's good looking. I mean, you can tell Gabe really put a lot into these pages. Oh sure, yeah, there was this no... high quality Gabe stuff. Not that you usually get low quality. But there's a lot of care in here. I mean, it says a lot in that. I mean, I remember where he. I mean, he told me I had him on Toxplode a year ago, whenever mm-hmm. it was. I, I had and and he told me about this, and I was like, really. <laughs> and that's how I felt. And so I think that's why going into it, I was trepidatious. Not because I thought it, but I just, because it seemed like basically all of his and Karina's work was going away from doing this kind of thing. Yeah, but this this seems very much in that yeah. in that zone. So right. So they, they in order for them to do that, they did it on their own terms, which I think it, which I think worked really well. So you take like their style, which is which is pretty established and and then you take these other concepts that we're very familiar with and I thought it, it like it worked. I really didn't want to not like it. Right. Like I was worried I was like, oh, what if I don't like it? Cuz I that would that's bad for a whole lot of reasons. Not to say I was surprised, but I was very I was relieved. I was like, oh, this was great. This was everything I I would hoped it would be. I'm sure you didn't, but did you read the little one page thing at the end? Did I? I might have, but it's very possible that I forgot that I read it. So after the last page where he says, now we have the tools to help, and he's got the beard, and they show this, the uh, Hal sketch and the Manhunter sketch, and there's a one-page sort of promotional shot of Hal. There's a one-page Green Lantern Earth 1 by Gabriel Harper and Karina Becko. That seems like it's their original one-page pitch because it outlines the plot, but it's slightly different, so you can see that it changed you know, from the course of pitching to the course of making. Yep. I like to see. They did, they could have not put that in there, but, you know. And they don't explain it. They don't say, here's our one-page treatment. Right. That change is just, they're just in there and just up to you to f- read it and figure out, oh, Kilowog didn't die in the story, so this is different. I'm just looking at the art on the next page, which is not, does not make good radio. <laughs> the page after that, there's just like four sort of distinct images. Who are these people? Images. It's not Hardman. Well, that is Hardman. There's a really loose sketch on the lower right that is... I that think is it is. It is. I see, it says GH in the bottom of the, of the facing yeah. page. That's a very unlike Hardman sketch. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm going to say that this is the most successful to the core of the Earth One titles. If you're reimagining these characters, this is a thoughtful and well done reimagining of Green Lantern while still remaining true to Green Lantern as opposed to... Batman Earth One, which again I enjoyed, but was basically Batman. Wonder Woman was basically Wonder Woman. Superman was basically. Superman. If you're going to go forward, otherwise, why are these existing? If you're not going to, if you're not going to actually do the thing, if you're not going to reimagine the character for this line, then you're just doing origin story graphic novels, which is fine. But that's not what it was uh, originally pitched as. So this is to me the most true to the form, and one of the better ones, obviously. Can we? Can I just take this moment to? And I've said that I remember when they they did Star Wars forever ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, Legacy. Gabe does the best hard sci-fi spaceships. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it's the Ferris Six right here at the very beginning. I'm just like, that's just so good. And it's clearly like, this dude loved Alien. <laughs> but, like, it's got that swirling uh, solar panel thing that goes around. It, it's not, 
aerodynamic. It's just it's it's got stuff sticking out all over it. No, it's it's hard sci-fi. It's not a beautiful ship. It's not meant to maneuver. It's it's functional. Yeah, it's so cool. And you see a lot of that in Invisible Republic. I know that in Star Wars, I was like, wow, he can draw spaceships really well. It's just so cool looking. And even the suits, you know, everything. Yeah, I, like... I love new I love new and new spacesuits. <laughs> like, I, I could watch The Martian just because I'm like, those suits look awesome. So if, you, if anyone has any to sell, reach out to Josh. Just because I like something doesn't mean I necessarily want to own it. <laughs> Which is, I think, something that our popular culture has mistaken. Well... I highly recommend it. Should we do ratings yeah. on this? Ratings. 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 I'm going to give it a um, 4.5 out of 5. 4.25. All right. Sticking with volume two, should it happen? Absolutely. I yeah. really want to read that. And I know that it's going to be like a year two away. years minimum. <laughs> I was looking forward to this and it met my expectations. And I, it, it even exceeded them because sure. the, the way that they – Reimagine the Green Lanterns was so interesting to me and so unexpected. It was nice. It wasn't like, like we're going to get away from what you think of as Green Lantern, but at the same time, it was Green Lantern. Yeah. You know, like uh, Garth Ennis, favorite of mine, you know, like he will sometimes do things that will take the piss out of something. Right. And then other times he will do, I can't think of an American phrase for take the piss out of. I'm sure there is one, but that one he makes fun best. of it. Sort of, or, you know, just subverts what it is. Uh, but he can also do it the other way, too. Yeah. And this really didn't, it didn't subvert it at all. It was, this is, like, everything changed around it, but that core thing. And this is what we talk about when we when we talk about what Elseworlds can be and when they do different versions of Batman, that the core of it is that thing, you know. The core of it is right there. You're, it never, at no point did I think Hal, Hal Jordan wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I thought that's Hal Jordan. And all this stuff around is different, but that's Hal Jordan, and that's the thing that you hang on to. Yeah. And it, it was well thought out, you know, yep. okay, so oh, yeah. how would the ring translator work? What would happen when they ran out of power? And I loved that. I like that they just had to charge the ring by holding it to the lantern. They didn't have to make the speech, even though I love the speech. That's the closest you get to taking the piss out of it. <laughs> yes, the speech is stupid. <laughs> but it's okay. But uh, I h- highly recommend it. Green Lantern is one, volume one. Karina Becko, Gabriel Hardman, Jordan Boyd. And let's make sure we credit the letter or two. Let's not forget that. Lettered by Simon Boland. Simon, Simon Boland. Boland. Terrific, terrific, really terrific graphic novel. Hope you check it out. If you do and you want to tell us what you thought of it, you go to ifanboy.com. There'll be a post for this show. You can tell us your thoughts on Green Lantern Earth 1. You can also go there and find all of our podcasts, including our weekly Pick of the Week show in which Josh and I and sometimes special guests review the week's comics. So this is the Unlocked Patron Show, which means next month, to go along with it, will be a Talksplode. Well, it won't specifically go along with it. No, that's true. Although I could work that out. It is the alternating show with this show. One month a Booksplode, one month a Talksplode. A Talksplode is our interview show in which Josh talks to a creator for an indeterminate amount of time. So now you should go back and listen to that talk that I did with Gabe, and you can find him subtly speaking about this when he couldn't talk about it. <laughs> comics but also it's like, like you, you know what seriously if you haven't listened to that and you listen to this you should go back and listen to that conversation just because he's great to talk to but also he's a super thoughtful creator did you know fingers in a lot of pots at any point in this book did the action go from right to left action always goes from left to right <laughs> and the most important thing should be in front <laughs> if you don't know that's from that's from an interview i did with him many many years ago <laughs> The most important thing should go in front. Not the back. I like to put it in the middle. 
I, I, Connor, I can't have it. <laughs> Stop trying to break comics. Uh, all right. Well, until next time, I guess uh, we have. Did we pick out our? I think we picked out our next book split book. I we can't did, remember. but let's let's hang on to it for now. We got a long time to. Oh, that's right. We did pick it out, and I have it ready to go. So we have our next book split book ready to go. We'll give you more of a lead time on on what that one is next. Listen to the pick of the week show. We'll announce it there. And until then, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. And uh, I guess left to right is right. Important in the front. <laughs>